listening to the Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for June the 5th, 2016. This is week four of the series called Super Vision. Well, good morning. Welcome to Hope Church. We're glad you guys are here today. If you're new today and you're visiting with us, you're checking us out. We are glad that you're here. We say a couple things when you come to Hope Church. You are welcomed here and you're wanted here. And so we want you to know we're glad you're here. We want you to be part of our family. Everybody needs a home. And so we are just really glad that you're here today, and we want to connect with you and, and know more about you. And we're just glad, we're glad you're here today. And we, just want to, we say a few things here. We actually say a lot of things. One of the things we say here, too, is that you don't have to believe what we believe to belong. You can come here and, for the coffee and the hugs and the Hope High Fives, and we're totally cool with that. We just want you to be here and have a place where you feel like you can connect with Jesus and connect with other people like you. And so we're really, 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 really glad that you're here today. I don't know if I should be excited or crying. Um... I, I'm actually, in, I'm in between both, you know, and so it's like having a, you know, if you can imagine having a baby, and then that thing growing up to be about seven months old, and then you say, okay, well, we're going to go to a new home now, and um, the, 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 big, the hardest conversation I've had to have about this whole church move was with my, was with my son, who's five, and um, I walked out, I was walking outside today, and my um, brother-in-law is the off-duty cop today, and, um, or he's on duty, but he's the cop out for security out there, and, and I walked by and I say, and I, and I heard this little kid talking, and I'm like, man, my brother-in-law needs to clear his throat, you know? And I looked in there, it's my son, he's talking on the radio. And so, but he says to me, he says, hey, Dad, how are you going to, how are you going to move the church over to the, over to the YMCA? And I said, it's easy. I said, the, the people, they, they're just going to drive themselves. He's like, no, the church. I'm like, yeah, they're going to get in their car and they're going to drive over there. He goes, no, the church. I'm like, you mean the building that we, that we, yeah, the building where the chairs are at. I said, and I'm, I'm having this explanation with my son. I don't know if this is just a pastor thing or not. It's weird, but I'm like, so here's the deal. The church is not a building. It's the people. And he's looking at me like, this is weird. I'm like, church, I'm like, church is weird. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, that. I, you know, I know that. And so I'm trying to explain to my son, we are, the, we are the church. And so we can have church anywhere that we are, two or three are gathered. There God is, and we are the church. So we can have church in Starbucks. You can have church at your house. You, some of you guys probably had church in your car on the way here. I had church last night. I have church all the time. I get in the car. I put in that song resurrecting in, in my car today as I, as I came here to pick up the trailer and to get here. I love, love, love that song. Actually, not only did I request that song, I actually begged for that song. And when I thought when I became a pastor, I was going to be able to help pick the songs out. And you would think because my wife is in charge of the worship that I would be able to have a shot at being, I don't get to pick the songs. And so if you want a song, don't be like, hey, I really like that song. Or don't go to my feet and be like, hey, I really like that song. That doesn't help because I don't get a say in that. You know what I'm saying? So just ask Diana, um, Pamela, and Caleb are with us today. And man, this music was so awesome today. I love, love, love our worship here at Hope. And so, man, we're glad you guys are here today. Um, if you have a cell phone today, take it out, and uh, we're going to use it for our notes today. Some of you guys can use it for your notes. Some of you guys, you may want to take your phone. Maybe you want to check in on Facebook. Let your friends know there's a church in Winter Garden that you're checking out. And they, want it, you want, they can come check it out with you guys. Um, but we're going to take some notes, and um, I actually want to use our phones today as an illustration um, for our, our sermon today. I'm really sad today because um, two of my friends there uh, that helped us start this church, about a year and a half ago, I, I, a guy called me and said, hey, can I, can I get coffee with you? And, um, and, he, and I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, cool. I was like, where are you at? He's like, I'm outside in front of the church parking lot. And I'm like, this is creepy. And, uh, and, he, and then I got in the car. I'm like, where's the coffee? He's like, oh, I don't drink coffee. I'm like, well, this is a weird mandate happening right now. But we're having it in the, in the parking lot, so it was kind of cool. And I'm like, um, I've had a couple of mandates like that. But I'm like, this is fine. And uh, he didn't drink coffee, but I do. We'll work on it. And, um, 
anyways, uh, Jen and, um, and, and Jamie, Jamie is his name and his wife's name is Jen and their kids, um, Trevor and Taryn, have been a part of our launch team for the last seven months and we're super, super thankful for them. And so no, none of you guys would ever recognize, you, you wouldn't recognize them by name because they're just servants. They're just here to help out. They're not here to be on a stage, not here to hold a microphone. They're just here to help out and, and to serve and to love people. And uh, my friends Jen and Jamie, they're leaving today. And um, I was going to bring them up on stage, but they wouldn't come up on stage. They look at me like, you can't tell us what to do. And, um, and I can't, you know what I'm saying? They're like, this is just as much, they're like, this is just as much our church as it is your church. And so we're going to stay in our seats. And so, but I am going to ask them nicely, if you guys could just stand up in the back, back there, just stand. I'm not going to make come if you just stand up for like a 30 second stand up. And can we give them a big hand today? Today is their last Sunday with us. <clears throat> love, 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 love these guys. And uh, man, if you're new here today, we just, we really just want to be your friend. We're kind of just using this church vehicle as a way to have more friends. And we just want to do life with people. But Jen and Jamie are our friends, and we, had, we broke bread together um, this week. And that's church word. For, we just went and had dinner together. I'm not sure why I said that. <laughs> Sometimes church stuff sneaks out of my mouth. And so um, I'm just going gonna, gonna to miss them. Jamie has been here almost every Sunday. He puts signs in and out. He does a lot of the stuff. He just, a lot of times he doesn't even come into this auditorium. He just stays out and helps and serves. And he talks to people, and they listen. And, and they're just an awesome, awesome. But they're moving to Tennessee. And um, I was like, so are you guys excited about church at dinner this week? And he's like, yeah, my friend started church. And his wife looked at him like, we are not helping start another church. This is hard. I'm not interested. You only need to start a church once in your lifetime. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, you're like, deuces. And so, um, man, I, I love them. I'm super thankful uh, for them. And um, I'm gonna, I was going to honor, so I just want to honor you guys. I want to honor one more person today, but I'm not going to. We're going to just take them with us. I was going to honor with them and leave them here, but we're going to take them with us. But uh, uh, the best part about meeting here every single week is our friend, um, is, is our, the janitor, the custodian that's on, on call while we're here. And this is a county deal we pay for, and so there's like five different prices that we pay for. You know, there's like, you know, if you've ever seen a county job, there's like six people, you know, and so this only got five people. There's a site supervisor, there's a janitor, there's a setup fee, there's a fee for this, and then there's an electricity fee. And the best part about this that I've liked thus far is 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 the custodian on 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 campus is it's our friend Jamie and he's around he helps us set up he's here and we just love him and he's been a huge help to getting us get this thing off the ground and and when you start a church the first people in are super super important and so he's helped us a bunch but he's gonna be there with us next week and so but if we could you guys know he is but just give a hand for our friend Jimmy love 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 him so, um, man, I'm just glad to be here today. You're like, is that enough clapping? Um, we believe in honor here, and so we want to honor uh, when we can. And so we're glad you guys are here today. And everyone's important here. We're going to, after we leave out of here today, you got the announcements already. I know that was a lot, so just hang on to it and, um, and process. So if you have any questions when you leave today, you can walk out the doors and just ask anyone in the orange room where the big orange uh, pop-up banner is. Say, hey, I need to know more, or man, there was a lot of announcements. Make sure you fill out a connection card. We'll email all that stuff to you. We want you to be. We want you to be, do life with us. And so, um, but this week is a big week for us. Uh, we were at the YMCA just last night, and uh, we've been the last two Wednesday nights, kind of preparing and kind of plotting and looking at how we're going to set things up. But next week is going to be awesome. You're going to be in some of you guys. You're trying church out here for the very first time, and so here's the deal: when we go there, when we go to the YMCA next week, everybody's new next week. And there's going to be people that are going to visit just because they go to the gym there. And they work out there, and they want to be the first one on the treadmill. You know what I'm saying, ladies? You know, you got to wait for your treadmill. So they want to come to church, 
get their church on, some Jesus, and then be like, oh, first went the YMCA and get start on elliptical, whatever it is that you do. And um, anyway, so that's next week. And we're really, really excited about our move to the YMCA. It's, if you just go up to the next street and make a right, it's on the right. That's where we're, we're not moving far. Um, but we're super, super, super excited about our move to the YMCA. And we're glad for all of you guys to come be a part of loving and shaking hands and hugging people that are going to try church out for the first time. Did you know this? People will only try church out next week or try church out in the days ahead because we're meeting in the YMCA. That'll be the only reason why they're trying out our church. It's because, oh, the YMCA doesn't seem too complicated. It doesn't seem too painful. It doesn't have a steeple on it, so I'm, I'm interested. And so that's right there. And um, so we're, there's going to be a lot of people there that are brand new to try in church. I was getting my head shaved this week, which all you, I feel like a lot of you ladies judge me, and guys, some of you guys judge me when I say that. And um, but I get my, my head shaved, and uh, when I was there, I was sitting there at, at, in the barber shop, and there's this lady there, and I pretty much try to take, wherever I'm at, I try to, if there's a small environment of people, I try to take over everything and gear it and just take it on a ride back to Jesus somehow. And so I'm in there, and there's a lady there, she's getting a cut and colored, yes, and uh, she's getting her hair did, and I was just paying attention, doing my own thing. And then I, and so my, my, my barber, his name is Stephanie, he's like, hey, ladies, this is Pastor West, Hope Church, right here at West Orange High School. And I'm like, there's my introduction, that's all I need, here we go. And so I was talking to this lady, and her husband's a drummer out at Disney, and I said, hey, do you, do you ever go to the YMC? That's my new thing. Do you, do you work out? You know? You look like, you look like you work out. And, um... And she's like, yeah. I said, do you, do you guys go to the YMCA? Because I feel like everyone goes to the YMCA in the Winter Garden or go to some sort of gym. And I'm like, hey, do you go to the, do you go to Roper Y? Yeah. I said, you're not going to believe this. My church is actually moving right there. It's amazing. So you can come there. And so we're just, we're just really excited about um, um, what's going to happen over there. I'm going to preach in a little bit. And eventually I've just got a couple things I want to say to get that out. Hey, let's get into the Bible. There's a couple more things I want to share with you, but I'll share with you at the end. I feel like I'm overwhelming you guys with information today. Hey, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We've been in a series at, at the book of Nehemiah called Super Vision. And God's given us a vision to love and serve this city. To love and serve this city. And to connect, connect people with Jesus. The shorter version of that is we exist to love all people at all times and all places. That's why we exist. We cannot, we, we know as a church and we know as, as, a, as a community, we can't save anybody. Only God can save people. He saved you. He can save me. So the only way for us, the only thing we need to do is to invite and to introduce people to Jesus. And the way that we introduce people to Jesus is by loving them. That's the way we introduce. We introduce love of Christ by loving people and being kind to them and being generous and being and, and, and being and welcoming. And so the only way for us to do that is for us to love people. So that is the vision that God has given for our church. God's given not only that vision to our church, but he's given it to us as individual people because he's given us the great commission. He says, I want you to go into all the entire world, and I want you to love people. I want you to share the gospel. And the gospel is not this huge church word that you have to be able to open out your Bible and go right through the Romans road. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9-13. You don't have to do that. The gospel is telling people, hey, God loves you. And us displaying that. That's how you share the gospel. You display the love that God's already put inside your heart. And then you go out and you just introduce people to this Jesus thing. And people say, why are you introducing me to Jesus? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked me. It's changed my life. It hasn't only changed my life today, but it's changed my life for the course of eternity. And so we have this idea, we have this vision from God for us to reach this city, 
for the gospel. We said this last week, there's more people in Walmart than there are in churches in Winter Garden. And we, want, we look forward to the day where there's more people in church than in Walmart. Nothing against Walmart or Target, depending on wherever you shop at. But there's more people there than are at church today. And so our goal is to, to love those people, connect with those people, invite them into a house of worship. We're to invite them into a relationship with Jesus or just to love them and let God do his thing. And so that's kind of our goal and our vision here as a church. But the Bible tells us if we don't have vision, the people perish. What we love about Nehemiah is this. Nehemiah saw the way things were, but he also saw the way things could be. He saw the way things, saw the way things were, but he also saw the way that things could be. Nehemiah was a guy just like you or me. Working a job just like you or I, or you or me, or however you say it. He's just doing life like a normal person, doing his job. And one day, some of his, his, his posse rolled in, some of his crew rolled in. They're like, hey, what's up? They said, he said, hey, what's up? What's, what's up with back, back home? How's, how's back home doing? He said, oh, man, it's, it's devastating. The walls around Jerusalem are to the floor. There's chaos. Everyone's gone. It's a, it's a disaster. It's, things are just chaotic. If you, if you have a pen and paper there, write down this name. You probably won't spell it right. But write down this name, uh, Naquan Reynolds, right? Naquan, write that name down. On Friday night, one of our football players who's going into his senior year was at a Xander Park, which is right over here um, in East Winter Garden. And he was involved in a, in a drive-by shooting. Took a bullet to his shoulder and to his leg. Two or just one? Am I making that up? I embellish. He's t- anyways, long story short, they picked him up, took him to the hospital, emergency surgery right then. He's going to be recovered. Would you guys pray for his recovery? And here's why I want to, I want to pray for his recovery. Could you imagine being a senior? You play football. You're on one of the best football teams in, in the county and in the city and even in the state. And you look forward to your senior year. And this guy has, 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 has had these injuries. And so we're just going to pray for a fast recovery. We know, God, we know God's a great physician. He can heal. But if you're taking notes there today, and in the city... The city that Jerusalem was in, it was, it was devastating. There were things like what I just mentioned to you, having this kid, things like that were happening. My sister and, and Ron will get on an airplane in a few months. We're collecting, we're collecting medical supplies for, for Kenya. We just mentioned it. But they're going to, to Nairobi, Kenya, the second largest slum in Africa. They're going there because the city is, is, is falling down. The walls are, are broken and the unimaginable happens there. Every kind of atrocity you can imagine, it happens there all around the Hope Center. They're going to give hope. And so giving medical supplies seems so simple. We probably could, we have enough medical supplies in our, your medical closet that you probably don't even use. You, we could probably bring more than they could actually even take in. And so, man, we could bring that, be a part of something bigger than ourselves. The city, the walls, were, it was chaotic. But Nehemiah saw, man, things could be better. Well, I, I could go help them there. I could go introduce the people to this Jesus. I could go back and help them be better. Things could be better. And so Nehemiah saw the way things are, but he saw the way things could be. That was week one. Week two, Nehemiah, he said, man, I need a team. I need a really big team. Teamwork makes the dream work. He knew he needed, he had, Nehemiah had squad goals. Squad goals. You can write that down. If you don't know what that is, you can Google it. Um, you will figure it out. Ask one of these high school kids in here. But Nehemiah had squad goals. Nehemiah knew he had to have a crew to put this wall up together, to make things happen. He knew that teamwork made the dream work. He knew that he needed more people on the team. And if you're here today, we want to invite you to be in on the team. What I love about our church, and you've been to these churches, but it's, it's not us four no more. Everyone's welcome. 
everyone's invited. You don't have to have the typical outfit. You don't have to have the same translation. You don't have to have all the things that you think that you need to have because of the past church that you came from. You just come be you. You do you. My friend said to me, you got to do you. You just got to do you. Tell yourself, I just, I just got to do me. I just got to do me. Just say it to yourself. It's weird, I know. Just say, I, gotta, I just got to do me. You just got to do you. You're like, that's not even proper English. You just got to be yourself. That's what I'm asking you. You just got to be you. You can't be me. I can't be you. You don't want to be me. The stuff that goes on in my head is crazy. And I don't want to be you. Some of you guys are smart. You make slow decisions. I can't do that. I'm not smart, and I make fast decisions. So you can only be yourself. But there's a place for everyone on this bus. There's a place for everyone in God's kingdom. We said this last week. This isn't about Hope Church. We're not doing this. We don't have supervision because of Hope Church. This is about God's church. This is about God's kingdom. We said this last week. We're not going upwards. Our church isn't going to build some great edifice to ourselves. We're going outwards. We're going to reach people. We're going to go into the dark spaces. We're going to go places where people think, man, are you supposed to be there? We're going to go there and we're going to go and bring light to those places. Because that's what God has called us to do. And we have room for everyone. Teamwork makes the dream work. Jen and Jamie were a huge asset to our team. We talked about this last week, which leads into our leak three. We looked at the, the fact that Nehemiah went around and he picked up some leaders. He picked up some leaders. And our, our, our sermon was simple last week. Our message was simple. It's like, we need more leaders. We need more leaders. We need more leaders. At this church, we need more leaders. We don't need people saying, hey, what does Wes and I don't want us to do? We need more people saying, hey, hey. We can, this is our church. We can make this happen. Some of the simplest things that we, we set up every week, and we've been trying to perfect our setup for seven months. We're trying to make it faster. We're trying to make it more efficient. And uh, we've, we've come a long way, and, like, we're leaving today. And, like, this stage looks like we just throw it down, and it, we just drop it in, and it's good to go. And that pipe and drape looks like it just shows up by itself because you walk in, and you just see the final product and these speakers. But, man, today we, like, for the first time, the stage went together seamlessly without any, without any redos, um, any do-overs. Um, you're a Netflix fan. Um, but anyways, there's not, there's no, there was no do-overs. We kind of set this thing in place, and we, we locked it in. It just worked perfect. We've done this, and we've perfected it, and we keep on evolving. People are just saying, I, I can do that. Let's make this better. I can do that. I can make this better. And we need you to jump on board, jump on the ship or the bus with us. We need more leaders. There's a place for everyone here so Nehemiah built this wall in 52 days. That's fast, in case you're wondering if you've ever built a home before or if you've ever built anything before. Um, it takes a long time, and it took him 52 days with the right people. And he said, hey, guys, this thing's set up, and I'm going to put some leaders in place. The Bible uses, and Nehemiah uses the word gatekeepers. He set up some gatekeepers to make sure things would stay so the walls wouldn't fall back down, things would stay clean, things would stay in order. And the whole time Nehemiah was doing that, I believe he was trying to process the whole time, how is this thing going to not go back to hell again? How are we going to keep this thing from going to hell again? Like, how are we going to keep this thing from not falling apart again? How are we going to keep this, how are we going to stop, the, how are we going to keep the murder rate down? How are we going to keep the abortion rate down? How are we going to keep homelessness down? How are we going to feed people who don't have food? How are we going to close? How are we going to help the people? How are we going to keep the prison numbers down? How are we going to keep the drive-by shoes down? How are we going to keep everything down? How are we going to try to do that? And you're like, Wes, he wasn't trying to figure that out. He was trying to figure that out. And the same reason why he was trying to figure out, he needed to figure it out because he knew that we would need to figure it out. Because those are all issues that we're going to tackle as a church. 
We're not here today in our, in our best outfits with our shirt tucked in and our, our shirt buttoned up. And whether you have the top button button or not, it doesn't matter. We're not here to bring our A game and then this be it. And be like, cool, I'll be back next Sunday. We're here today to celebrate like, what God has done all week long. How God used us all week long. How we talked that guy off the bridge or off the cliff on social media. Or how we reached out to that friend that was discouraged and how we loved them through. We're here to celebrate that. We're here to have people that are, we're here to celebrate everything that God has done and to invite some people into a place where there's other people like them trying to figure out how to do life. This isn't, this is a Sunday, this is honestly, this is just a Sunday morning pep rally. It's to encourage you, it's to connect you to Jesus, and it's to send you back out on mission. Our mission is not Sunday mornings, our mission is Monday through Saturday. Sunday we come just to love on people and hang on, and hang on people's necks and give some high fives. And man, the more you get to know people, the more they'll open up and share with you their story. And the more that they share their story, you can apply some wound, you can you can apply some dressing on their wounds when they begin to share you with their story. You know, some people are looking at you. Giselle is, is my is my sister in law, and man, she she preached this sermon one time. She lit it up, and one of the things that she said on there in, in this sermon is that she she wrote a, her her husband has a motorcycle. They they sold it, but they had a motorcycle, and she got this really really bad uh, burn wound on her on her leg from the tailpipe. And if you ride motorcycles the way we ride motorcycles, we wore shorts and flip-flops. It's a bad idea. I know, Ken, it's bad. There's no Kevlar jeans in my household. We're not wearing boots. We're, I'll, I'll, you'll see me this summer. I'll be, on, I'll be wearing shorts, T-shirt, flip-flops. It's totally unsafe. But I got Jesus with me, you know what I'm saying? So I'll be okay. Um, she said she was talking about the, the scar on there. And she made a comment. She said a lot of people are looking to see if, if you have a scar where they have a wound. Some of you are like, oh, man, that's deep. Let it, people are looking to see, oh, they, they have that struggle? Oh, they have the issue? And, they'll, and then when they see that, they'll be able to open up to you and say, man, how did you, how did you get your scar? How did you get to heal up? Do you still deal with that? Does that still hurt? Do you still have, does, is that still painful? And as a church, we're here to love people. And, and this is like creepy weird, I know. But, man, if you don't know anybody, you can't tell if they have a scar or not. If I brought my five-year-old up here today, you wouldn't see that he's got a scar across his nose from jumping off the bed. And you wouldn't see that he has stitches on his lip from a middle school kid throwing a water gun across a pool. And you wouldn't see that. And my daughter, you wouldn't see, if you, don't look, if you weren't close to her, you wouldn't see that she had 12 stitches in and out of her lip. Because when she was three and a half years old, she fell in Target. And you wouldn't see that we're in the emergency room from 12 o'clock in the afternoon until one o'clock in the morning. And so, man, if people don't, if you don't get close to people, you can never find out the scars or the wounds to be able to love them and to encourage them. And so we want to do that. We want to love and encourage people all throughout the week and come back and celebrate. Title of my sermon today, like, oh, he's preaching, cool, uh, is, is remind me later, remind me later. Turn to three people and say, remind me later, remind me later. You might have to turn around or find some of three people, remind me later. Hey, remind me later. Remind me later. Hey, um, I don't have a good memory, and um, I, I like to blame it on ADHD, and I remember the H this time. And, um, but I don't have a good memory, and I go super fast. And, I'm, and I, here's the deal. If you ask me to do something, I'll typically, the guys on our team typically know now, oh, I'll remi- they'll say to me, hey, we'll just remind you later, because they know I'm going to forget but one of the things that I got, uh, one thing I learned about these, these phones, the, these, these iPhones, is that I can hold this button down. 
and it'll go boop, boop, and, and Siri will come up. And I can say to her, remind me later. That's not And she'll talk back to me, just like that. Remind me later. And I think uh, Jessica is, her husband runs the sound, Jessica's involved in our dream team. But I think Jessica, a long time ago, or someone, they changed my name and my phone to Thug. I think it was her. And what, so, so if I'll say, Siri, remind me later to pick this up. Remind me later to order Bible study books. Remind me later to order more gaff tape. Anything I need for church, I'll say, remind, remind me to tell, sometimes I'll need to tell Diane, remind me later to tell, then remind me later. And she'll say, she'll say, got it. Or whatever she'll say. Or she'll say, I did not get that, thug. You know, it's cool. And uh, you know, you're like, man, he's not a thug. I am. You don't know me on the weekdays. I'm a thug on the weekdays. I clean up for you guys. But man, I think in this, in this series, as, as Nehemiah is going through, Nehemiah says, hey, remind me later. Hey, remind me later to say this. Remind me later to say this. Remind me later to say this. And when it all got done, when the walls were done, Nehemiah said, hey, guys, I want you all to come together. And he took out his iPhone. And he looked through his reminders. He looked through his notes and he began to read some things to me. He goes, hey, guys, come together. Everyone come in. Come in tight. Can you guys hear me good? Sound good? Does that sound good? Is, is it EQ'd right? Cool, cool. Get a little tighter, guys. Why right, we need everyone to scoot in. Get a little bit closer. Because I, I need to share some things with you guys. Just, just a few things. And he got them all in close. And he recorded what he said in Nehemiah chapter 9. And you know what it was? It was a prayer. It was a prayer in Nehemiah chapter 9. And I'm going to read it to you today. And, and it's, a, it's a powerful prayer. And for sake of time, i got to get into it. On October 31st, verse 1, Nehemiah chapter 9, if we're using an app, we're in New Living Translation today, the people all came together again. This time they came, they, they fasted, and they dressed in burlap, and they sprinkled dust on their heads. You don't have time to get into that. Keep coming to Hope Church, we'll explain to you later. Those are the Israelites, they dissent, the, the Israelites dissent, they separated themselves from all the foreigners as they confessed their own sins, and, they, and their sins of their ancestors, verse 3, they remained standing in the place for three hours. Now here's the deal. The reason why they're confessing their sin is because they got themselves in the place that they were in. The reason why the walls were because they were doing what they were called to do, but they forgot that they were supposed to follow Jesus. That was, their, that was the first thing that God asked them to do is, hey, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. There's 600 plus Old Testament laws, but hey guys, the most important one is I want you to remember the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. All your That's the big deal. They forgot that. They'd be going, they'd be following Jesus, and they'd forget, oh, we gotta, we got to love the Lord your God with all our heart and soul and mind. God would say, hey, I'm going to give you this city. Go in there and get the city, but I don't want you to touch any of the gold. They would go in there, they'd be doing their thing, and they would start taking some of the money. Oh, I need that. Oh, I need that, God. Oh, hey, I need that. They would forget, and they needed reminders, and we need reminder today. Remind me later. He, so he, keeps, he talks to them for three more hours as they confess their sins. Some of you guys are like, man, they must have been really, really bad sinners if it took them three hours to confess their sins. <laughs> uh, that's funny, right? Three hours. Three hours they confess their sins. And here's the deal. Some of you guys, you struggle. I think some of us as a church, we struggle with forgiveness. We struggle with acceptance from God, or maybe your thing is guilt. I think a lot of Christians struggle with guilt. Because like, how can a perfect God love a jacked up sinner like me. We struggle with that. Do you want to know the key? This is, this is like, this, when I got this, this is super important to me. You know what the key to keeping guilt away from is always confessing your sins. God already knows it. Just say, God, I screwed up again. 
He already knows, and he already knew that you would. Because whenever he died on the cross for your sins, all of your sins were future sins. So when you, when you get home on, on Saturday morning at 2 or 3 a.m., you're like, God, I did not want to do that. <laughs> he, some of you guys that hit home, you're like, oh, man. Or Sunday morning, you roll up, you're like, man, I don't really want to go. Last night I was late. Hey, he already, just confessed your sins. God, I'm, I was stupid. And he's not going to be like, you're darn right you are. He's there saying, I love you. I, I, knew, I already knew about Saturday night, thousands of years prior to. And I love you still. You're like, that's pretty bold. That's pretty radical. That's the kind of love that God has for us. God, I know that wasn't ethical, but I did, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Just confess that to him. And so for three hours, they confess their sins. Here, let's get into the prayer. So then they prayed. They stood up. And um, here's what happened. I'm going to invite the, van, the band to come up. And um, I'm going to do something super weird today. I'm going to invite all of you guys in here today to stand up with us right now. You're like, that's weird. I'm going to read this prayer to you. Go ahead and stand up real quick. <clears throat> You're like, this guy is always doing different stuff. I know. <clears throat> here it is, all right? Nehemiah chapter 9. Here is the prayer. They're, they're standing up for three hours. I'm not going to make you stand up for three hours. So you should be thanking me. You know? You're only going to stand up for like three minutes. Um, Nehemiah chapter 9. Here's what he says, may your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessings and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserved them all and the angels of heaven worship you. He said, he said God, you're in control. Man, God, you're, you are Lord God. That's a good, when you pray, that's a good way to start. You're, our, you're God, not me. I'm not God, God. You're, you're God. And so he says, you are alone, our God. Verse 7, you are the Lord. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him from the Ur of Chaldees and renamed him Abraham. If you grew up in church, you're going to hear a lot of Old Testament Bible stories in this text right here. When he had proved himself faithful, God, you made a covenant with him to give him and his descendants the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the Girgashites. And you have done what you have promised, for you are always true to your word. God is always true to his word. And here's the thing. Sometimes we take our cues from culture. We need to take all of our cues from God's word. Everything he says is true. Everything he says is perfect. Satan lies to you on a daily basis, and so does culture. Buy this, do this, drink this, smoke that, hang out there, do that. That's culture, not Jesus. God says, man, you, in this word, he said, God, God tells me, I am, I love you. I, I stay true to my word. Verse 9, you saw the misery of your ancestors in Egypt, and you heard the cries beside the Red Sea. You displayed miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh and his officials and all his people, for you know how arrogantly they were treating our ancestors, but you have a glorious reputation that he was, ne- that, that, that has never been forgotten. God's got a perfect reputation. I don't. You don't. God has a perfect reputation. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a follower of Jesus. Because everyone you know has a flawed reputation. But here God tells us, God, you've got a perfect, your, your track record is perfect. Isn't that amazing? He has a perfect track record. And every single time, if you, if you Google Jesus, you're going to get love. Here's what else you're going to get. Let me, let me skip down. Can we go to verse 15? Do you guys have that? You gave them bread. God, you gave the people bread from heaven when they were hungry and water and water from the rock they were thirsty. 
You command them to go and take possession of the land that you swore you would give them. Have you ever had someone swear to you and break a promise? Yeah, you have. Because you got promised by another sinner. God is gonna, God is, God's not gonna break your heart. He's not gonna break, he's not gonna break a promise. He can't do that. He cannot do that. It's impossible for God to break a promise. He's never broken one before. And he can't, he's perfect. Perfect people can't break things. But we can. I'm gonna do my best to never ever let you down, but there's a hundred percent chance I'm gonna let you down. Why, Wes? Why are you gonna do that to us? Because I'm a sinner. Am I gonna try not to? Yeah. Am I gonna dig into God's word as much as I can? Yeah. Am I gonna be am I gonna try to lead the way in prayer? Am I gonna try to lead the way in righteousness? Am I gonna try to lead the way in purity in my marriage? Absolutely. I'm gonna do the best I can. But the best of sinners still sin. So he says here, I love this, verse 16, your ancestors were proud and stubborn. They paid no attention to your commands. They refused to obey and they did not remember. Because they didn't remember God, Nehemiah saying, God, remind me later to tell him this. Hey, can I tell you one, one of the most important things in this prayer? And I'm gonna wrap it up right here. Here's what he said about him. You are the God of forgiveness. Would you just whisper these words? to yourself, I'm forgiven forever. You're forever forgiven. Deal with it. You're like, oh, well, people don't forgive me. They don't have to forgive you because God's forgiven you. I have a hard time forgiving people. You'll forgive better when you realize how much God's forgiven you. What if the offense is deep? It might take you longer to forgive them. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean it's not gonna be painful. You are the forgiver. You're gracious. One of the most important things my brother, my father-in-law ever said to me is you better give grace because one day you'll need to receive it from people. So I want to be gracious. I want to forgive everyone. What if they kill, steal, or destroy from you? I want to do my best to forgive those people. I want to be the best grace giver. I want our church to be a grace church. I believe grace has a smell and a feel, by the way. I, and then you're like, man, that's weird, Wes. That's weird, weird stuff. I believe when people, when you walk into a place, you can sense the Holy Spirit. I believe grace has a smell and grace has, grace has a, a feel. I just believe that. You're walking somewhere like, man, it just, it just feels like, I feel like I'm getting a hug from Jesus. Miss Debbie has been a part of this journey for a while. Debbie Andrews, not you, Debbie Maddox. But Miss Aunt Debbie, both Debbies, and mostly Debbie thing. I hug them, I'm like, man, these guys, I just feel like it's, just a, it's a peace. You just say you're, you're connected with someone. If you've ever hugged them before, you know. Some of you guys, I don't get that from you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And merciful. God's slow to become angry. He's rich in love. You did not abandon them. I'm just going to stop there. I think you get the picture. You get the picture. Just nod your head if you get the picture. Like, he loves you. He loves you. I wrote down two things, and you can remember them. You're going to write them down. God's in control. And the second thing is he is for us. He's for you. He's for you. What if it doesn't feel like it? He's for you. What if I can't see him? He's for you. What if I don't deserve it? Yeah, you don't. He's for you. None of us do. He's for you. I mean, this Bible just tells us, the Bible just told us that he's for you. Can we do this? I'm going to have you bow your head and close your eyes.